say That it's too late for us now Why do we stay When I blame you for the things that weigh me down Welcome back to Shorty Long time, no see Pandemic put a hold on everything Yeah, we haven't been at school so, so, which means no time to record, no time to do this. Haven't been there since March 5th, and that's just about when this stopped. A lot has happened in that span of time. We had a conclusion to an NHL season, which saw the Lightning winning a Stanley Cup, about damn time. Um, y- you know, the, the, the COVID Cup, as they called it. Still legit, though. Still a legitimate cup, even though you don't really have to deal with home ice, away ice, but... In those situations, you feel like it's up to just the two best hockey teams, and there's no outside factors, and I think that the Lightning were the best hockey team, and they won the Stanley Cup, so congratulations to them. No apology needed um, on the on behalf of their PR team after winning the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> um, if anything, they were all away. Think about it that way. Which makes it harder, in a sense also hard to win during a global pandemic where you can't go anywhere and they barely have enough hours to train. Interesting thing about what's going on in Canada, because it's an interesting talking point that we were talking about the other day. It's, you know, right right now you have the World Junior Hockey Championship going on in Canada. Um, You have an NBA season going on, an NHL season about to start, but the NHL, or I should say the Canadian government, is not allowing NHL teams from the United States to play in Canada. So that's not true. They they do. It's just Actually, no, you're right. Because yeah. we we have uh I just checked. The NHL restructured all the divisions and um we have a North division that consists of all seven Canadian teams and those seven Canadian teams are all just going to play each other. It's a uh, well, we have a 56-game season. They're all going to play each other eight times. Yeah, about eight. <laughs> um, you know, so it begs the question, what the hell is the Canadian government doing? They forced the Toronto Raptors to play in Tampa, Florida this year. Um, and, you know, they're not going to force the Lightning to do the same thing. I mean, uh, the uh, Maple Leafs, that is, but... Um, they're currently letting Canada host the Junior Hockey Championships, and they're bringing in teams from all around the world. But the Canadian boycott is kind of just boycotting teams from the United States, which is, you know, make of it what you will. It says a lot about them. Um, you can't really get upset about it because it's all understood, but they're making some interesting decisions, and they haven't exactly been... Um, very consistent with said decisions because I mean, hey, they hosted two, like two bubbles for the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs last year, and it makes you think why, what has changed in that period of time. Obviously, there is no bubble this year if you were to play a regular season, so that could factor into that decision. But um, just an interesting choice by the Canadian government, and it's given the NHL basically a league of its own, where you're going to have the East, the West, and the South divisions. Can East, all West, play. and Central. East, West, and Central divisions. They can all play each other, but then you just have that own... They're sub- not really, though. If you look at the schedule, they're not playing, almost not at all. I mean, this schedule probably could change, but I'm looking at the Rangers right now, and their schedule has just everybody from their division. That's it. There's no outside division play. None. Which I'm, I'm just I'm pissed about. I'm pissed about not getting to play the Maple Leafs, but I'm just going to play devil's advocate as to what you were saying. But it just shows how much the Canadians don't trust people coming from the United States because it's been really, really bad here, and it hasn't been as bad in Canada as it has been here. The virus. So it makes sense as to why they wouldn't for four months want people traveling back and forth. The World Juniors is a little bit different because they also housed them. So they made them quarantine, they made them get tested, and then they were able to play the tournament. 
And then it's the same thing for the Raptors. They don't want all these NBA teams from the United States coming in for extended periods of time throughout the year, not staying in Canada for a long period of time, but just coming back and forth over the border between Canada and the United States, uh, because that is how we've seen the virus has gotten a lot worse. So it makes sense. Will it make for an entertaining season or as entertaining as it usually is? Uh, I'm not sure. I think if you're a fan in the East, your season is very entertaining, where you have Boston, Buffalo, Jersey, both New York teams, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Now, if you're a team in the West, and obviously... I think the two frontrunners in the West are Colorado and St. Louis. That is the only real competition that I see in that division. Like, so it really depends. And in the North and Canada, it's always there's always competition between Canadian teams. So if you're in Canada, you will probably be fine watching only Canadian teams. Um, now the Central, I think that Tampa has the... The potential to dominate the central division because well, no, they did just lose Nikita Kucherov for the year. They did, but they still they still have so many other. Yeah, they're still a very weapons. very solid core of players. But. Uh, they have the power to dominate because they have Nashville, Florida, Dallas is a really good team, but they have Detroit, Carolina, and Carolina and Dallas are who I see the two biggest competitions for them. Maybe Chicago. They're so iffy. They're either really good or not great at all. So I honestly think that I just could be completely biased, but I think the the best competition is going to be in the East because I don't see a true outlier of the best team in the East out of all of those teams that I mentioned before. And I know you're biased, but I think that... The teams at the top of this division right now would be Washington, Boston, and the Flyers, and I think that has the potential to change, especially because um, I think the Islanders have a potential to beat the Capitals, and I'm very interested to see those matchups, to see what happens. And you have to think, too, eight times? They play them eight times? That's too many times. That's, like I said, will it get... Will it be not as entertaining because they play them so many times? I don't know. And they do it like a series. So, like, the Rangers start off playing the Islanders their first two games on a Thursday and a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they play Jersey ones, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Uh, you can almost think of it like an MLB schedule where you travel from yeah. town to town for two or three games. Well, never never two in the MLB, but some, rarely is it two games. But it's almost working like that in the sense you don't have a 162-game season, you have a 52-game season. You're just traveling from city to city. Really, the schedule is made that way to limit travel. Um, but I mean, in the East, I think that's the easiest because it's shorter distances. Very short distances, yeah. Like, they can go to Jersey, play a game, and they'll come home the same day. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't, I, I honestly do not have an answer as to whether I think, it, and I'm a very opinionated person, as to whether I think this is going to be more entertaining or less entertaining considering they're playing the same six teams. Like, the Rangers, a lot of their rival teams are in the East. Like, a lot of them are. So that could has the potential to be extremely entertaining. Um, Theoretically, if you're the Bruins or you're the Capitals, you could stay in the same hotel to play the Islanders, Rangers, and the Devils back to back to back. Yeah. You don't even have to change hotels. So well, well, even back in the regular season, well, when before coronavirus, teams would come and play all three New York teams mm-hmm. in like a week, and because it just well not three jurisdictions. Jersey, no. But they would come and play Jersey and the two New York teams because they're just so close. Um, I could see how traveling will get tricky in the Central or in the West. Um, and even Canada, because Canada's just huge. And I don't yeah. really know what their travel policies are within Canada, but like I said, I have no idea whether this is going to be entertaining or not. Will I watch it? Yes. Um... I'm just looking at their schedule. They don't play anybody outside of their division. But sadly, for teams that are younger and teams that may have had a chance in the old structure and you're put in a very good division, 
this is where you're gonna see them struggle. Like my Rangers, they have the potential to be a decent team this season. Are you they have a lot of young talent. The issue is the teams that they have to beat are the best the good teams, teams in the league. So you're saying if you want to be the best team in the league, you have to beat the best team in the league? Oh, that's I never said that I wanted to be the best team in the league. I said we have the potential to be decent. But now... There's no gimme games. There's, there's but no easy now games. I could see us being at the bottom of the division. Like even behind Buffalo. Which would be pretty bad. Buffalo is pretty bad. They had that one good streak, and then they well, got I'm back. I'm going to sleep on Buffalo. Jack Eichel's there. Taylor Hall's there now, Okay, too. yeah, Jack Eichel's been there for how long? How long? He, um, it's not a one The man. NHL just put Jack Eichel in their top 20 players list. Okay, one player doesn't make a team. He said that he's frustrated because they're so bad. Okay, but then they go out and they make a move for Taylor Hall. That, that That's going to... And how many times has Taylor Hall moved in the past two years? Twice. I'm not saying he's a great player or a great addition, but he's something. I mean, it's just like he's capable. <laughs> he's I guess gonna make a difference. Like he's gonna score twenty goals. I don't know. We'll see. And Pittsburgh, I hope they're on the fall. I don't like Pittsburgh, but they're aging. I mean, they they have a good young goalkeeper. All they have is, well, Malkin's old and, old and Sidney Crosby is not getting up there, but he's, like, the only one that they have. Um, ooh, who out of the Canadian teams do you think is going to come up on top? Edmonton disappointed me in the playoffs last year. Edmonton always disappoints in the playoffs. Nothing new. Well, you got to, for someone who just recently started watching the entire league, the entire <laughs> NHL last year... Um, you just have to know that poor Connor McDavid constantly gets disappointed. Montreal's not built for this. They had a really impressive playoff run last year, but they're, they're just not built for a season like this. Toronto has a really good young core. Um, of those teams, you're going to see Edmonton and Toronto at the top. Um, and then after that, um, Vancouver will compete. Um, and then Montreal will be in the middle of the pack, and Montreal will, you know, they'll beat Toronto a couple times, they'll beat Edmonton a couple times, but they're, they're not going to put together a really, really good full season. If really, Montreal's just there to be a disruptor, they're going to play spoiler down the stretch, they're going to be a team that you don't really want to see on your schedule down the stretch if you're a team from the North, especially a playoff team fighting for, like, that last playoff spot. I mean, they, they, they could be fighting for it themselves, but... They're just going to be really, really good disruptors. Um, Carey Price is still one of the top uh, goalkeepers. In, I mean, goalkeepers, I'm talking like it's soccer. Um, goaltenders in the league. Um, it, it'll be competitive, especially because, the, you know, there's the Canadian fire there, and no, none of those teams like each other, obviously. Um, but, uh, but who's on uh, Toronto or Edmonton? Who do you, who do you if I had to choose now who's going to finish not, the top. Not in the, like... In the playoffs, who's going to finish at the top of the division before the playoffs? Well, in that case, I'll go Edmonton. Really interesting. I don't know. I think you have the two best. I think you have the best center and the best winger in the game. You have McDavid and Drysaitel on the same line, which is just how the hell do you do anything? Are you forgetting about Austin Matthews? I'm not forgetting about Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews is always. Toronto puts up a really great fight when it matters. Look, Can they pull through? Austin Matthews is a great player, but he might be the most overhyped hockey player I've ever seen in my time following the NHL. So I, I'm never going to give him you know, that type of... Uh, he, let's just say this. He's not Connor McDavid. He's not Leon Dreisaitl. No, but I'm telling you, there are other elements on Toronto. Like Mitch Marner also happens to be a very young, very talented player. Like you just gave me two players from Edmonton. I'm giving you two from Toronto. That you're giving would me two. You're giving me two like players who will compete, but you're not giving me two players who I think should be. Mitch Marner, I think, played way better than Austin Matthews in the playoffs. Not this year, last year, he was a playmaker in the playoffs for them. Not only offensively in terms of assists, but also defensively. He put himself out there on the line, and if you're- when you're watching the game and you don't know you don't know much about these other teams because they're not your team and you see this guy, you're going to remember who he is. 
if you're asking me to choose between Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, the, the choice for me is clear. Uh, I'm going to take the former every single time. I'm going to take the guys from Edmonton. Um, that, that, that said, Edmonton is a great regular season team, and you're asking me who's going to finish at the top, and I, I think... If, if, so is Toronto. They're both great regular season teams. Their issue is the playoffs. Well, the issue with the Toronto is that they always play the Bruins in the first round every year. So that, that, that's the only... If they can... Obviously this year, if they can somehow just avoid playing the Bruins in the first round, they, they have a chance to advance and maybe advance past that. Um, I, I'm not hanging my hat on either of those teams in the playoffs, but as far as the regular season goes in those 56 games, give me Edmonton to finish at the top. Toronto will be close. It will be close. Um, it's going to be interesting if those two play each other, when they play each other down the stretch in like a two-game back-to-back. Um, that, that'll that be really, really fun to watch. That, that's what's going to be really interesting about this schedule is if you have teams at the top fighting for like that last playoff seed or like the top seed and those two teams end up playing yeah. each other in a two-game back-to-back really, really late down the stretch, that's like really, really fun hockey. Yeah, it'll be interesting if... It'll be fun to watch if it's competitive. Well, yeah, it's going to be competitive. I mean... Well, no, but I'm talking about not competitive in the sense of where it's out of the player's control. Like, if the jersey comes in and sweeps Philly every time they play them, who in Phillies is going to want to watch that game after they've beaten them three times in a row? Like, you know what I mean? Who's going to want to watch a game where... I don't know who's going to want to watch in the West. I think Colorado's absolutely going to dominate the West. They they have full potential here to completely dominate the West. Yeah. St. Louis got stronger. Um, they did, but I think they could beat St. Louis. I think St. Louis is a very close second, but I, I think Colorado's got the West. Arizona calling it team. now. You've heard it first here. Colorado will win the West. Arizona was a team that was able to no. put together a little bit of a run last year. Um, but, no, no yeah, realize... They I, were trading for players who are older. I, I'm just going to give them a shout-out because of what they did last year. I'm not saying they're going to do much this year, but I'm just saying, you know, they earned an ounce of respect for what they were able to I'm pull not, off last I'm year. I'm not disrespecting them. I'm just saying Colorado will probably dominate the West. Colorado will probably dominate the West. So, my point being, who's going to want to watch a Colorado-San Jose game when Colorado has already beaten them four times in a row? That makes it not competitive. I don't know. In a 56-game season, it's short short enough. Um, I think viewership's not exactly going to be an issue. I mean, there are some really cool things that the NHL is going to be experimenting with this year. Like, there, there's a possibility that games are going to be played on Lake Tahoe this year. I don't know if you saw that news. I did. That that could be a really, really cool idea. Um, you know, it, it's, but, it comes down to this. It's People have missed hockey. Um, I've missed it, but I don't want to watch the Rangers get blown out by the Islanders every time. Not saying that that's going to happen because we always beat the Islanders. But I'm not going to want to watch that if... Will I watch it? Yes. Will I be pissed off while watching it? Also, yes. Do you... Like, you're not going to want to watch a game if the Flyers have beaten the Bruins three times already. And you say, who are they playing tonight? Well, the Flyers? Oh, well, oh shit, they're playing the Flyers? Like, you ought to be kidding me. Well, as somebody... It's, it's much different for me because obviously I'm an out-of-market fan. And for years and years and years, like, I, I've been a Bruins fan for a very long time, but... I, I'm rarely ever able to watch them because they, they maybe get like in a regular season they maybe get like eight games on NBC nationally in a season. Well, that's, that's like like eight a, times a year that I actually get to watch the. Bruins. It's like a quarter of their games now. No, but well, I, what I'm trying to say is uh, obviously I have discovered the power of illegally streaming games on my computer. Um, oh, when you go to college, you have to get creative with the way you watch your games, and you find websites on the internet where you can illegally stream these games. So, whenever the Bruins are on, I'm still kind of you know, on cloud nine that I figured out a way to watch as many Bruins games as I can. So, the answer for me is, like, if the Flyers are beating us in the last three games and we have them on, like, a a Thursday night, I'm gonna have it on. Just just because just, you know, I, I like watching that team and for years and years and years I haven't been able to and now that I finally have the chance to, I'm gonna watch. But, um, 
I, I don't think uh, in in a season like this, I think fans and teams have to have a really short memory because um, when you play teams so many times, you have to be able to forget every like. If if the Bruins, the Bruins and the Flyers play each other eight times, if the Flyers win the first five meetings, you cannot go into the sixth meeting saying, "Oh my God, the Flyers have beaten us the last five times." What the hell are we going to do now? You have to be able to have a short memory, and fans have to be able to have a short memory as well. Um, so I mean, my viewership will be there, um, just because it is such a short season and it's going to go by in a blink of an eye. Um, if you're a non-competitive team, though, I I can understand your point. It can just be one of those seasons to forget. So how do you feel that not a lot of the original six teams will be seeing each other? Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of sucky. I was having that conversation with someone the other day. I love watching the Rangers play because no matter what, they're, they're rivalries. Well, it's funny you bring that up because whenever the Bruins played an original six team, those were the games I got to watch as a kid. Yeah. Because those were the ones that always got nationally televised. It's yeah, funny, the only games the- I was able to watch as a kid were when the Blackhawks were competitive and they would play the Bruins on NBC. <laughs> those, those are the games I always got to watch as a kid. Um, well... So, you know, that really does suck, but... Well, think about it this way, too. No matter what, when you play an original six team, if you are an original six team yourself, it's a rivalry. So, like, right, so the only te- the only matchups that we will be seeing within the original six this year is Boston and the Rangers, Chicago and Detroit, right. and Montreal and Toronto. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. There's no there's no Rangers um, Montreal game which usually is very competitive and very hard hitting. I once went to a Montreal game where they called back two Montreal goals and they were supposed to be up to nothing. How that happened, I have no absolutely no idea. But the garden was packed. Um, I, like I said, Rangers Toronto also a big one. Any original six rivalry is a big one. So I'm really kind of annoyed that I'm not going to see the Rangers play Toronto, Montreal, Chicago. Chicago. I was going to say Detroit, but Detroit's not competitive at all, so sorry, Detroit. They were very good at one point. I would love to see Detroit become very good again. We'll see what they did with their draft picks and what they're doing with their younger players. But I'm a little bit annoyed. They, they should... A really great way to market and get people out of the area to watch would have been if they made an exception and had the original six teams travel once to meet each other. Like a mini bubble? No, not a mini bubble. Like in the middle of the season, right? When you when you don't have too much going on in that week, you have Toronto travel to New York to play the Rangers once, then get back on a plane and travel to... But the Canadian government wouldn't let that happen. I know. But what I'm saying is a better way to get more people to watch yeah. would have been like original six week or a game here and there where the original six teams are traveling to play each other even if they're not in the same division. Well, the Lake Tahoe idea, um, I, I didn't I have the chance to read much about it, but the, the, obviously there has to be a lot of flexibility in the schedule. Um I'm not sure how many games are going to get flexed and moved. Um, obviously, if a well, team gets COVID, then a game gets canceled. But um, maybe they'll we'll, probably we'll see move who, it. We'll see who travels to Lake Tahoe. They'll probably move it because as I'm looking at a schedule, they're set to end May eighth. That's kind of early for regular season. Like they have some room if they needed to go an extra week because of games, they can. So, so the teams traveling to Lake Tahoe as of right now are the Knights, the Avalanche, the Bruins, and the Flyers. Um, the Bruins, Flyers, good game. Knights, Avalanche. The Knights can be. The Knights can compete. They can compete. Yeah. Can they win? Probably not. So, so no original six matchups in Lake Tahoe, but that's what they should have done. You know, it is an opportunity they had, and maybe it's an opportunity that they whiffed on. Then you know, it it comes back to this, right? Um, so if the way this the schedule is created right now, you have okay. Say you're the Bruins, right? And you know, in a fifty-six game season, you play everyone in your division eight times. 
but instead of one of those games where you're maybe supposed to say play the Devils, right? Mm-hmm. You have to go play a really, really competitive Toronto team. If you're the Bruins, obviously you're not going to back down from a challenge like that, and you're going to say, hell yeah, let's go beat Toronto, but if at the end of the season you miss the playoffs by one game, and that game that you played against Toronto you lost, that was supposed to be a game against a team like the shitty Devils, then you're going to be sitting First here thinking all, like, uh, the Devils aren't shitty, and second of all, you're making excuses after you told me not to make excuses. This is a hypothetical so situation, is, so what the, I mean. So, technically, <laughs> technically, this is all hypothetical. I was uh, I only use the Bruins as an example. This could happen to literally any team. So, yeah, but... Uh, say you're the Rangers. Say you're, okay. No, 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 no. I understand what you're saying. There has to be Am a I level s- of consistency. Every team, if every team is stuck to playing the same standards and playing the same team in the division eight times, and then you make an exception for you know an original six team, and one of those original six teams ends up playing a really really competitive game and it screws up seating or something like that, then it throws then it throws everything for a loop. And you, if you're it's just, really competitive and it goes into overtime, they get a point. We're diving way too deep into. I'm not that, diving. I'm not diving way too deep in it because it, on the, on the schedule surface, shouldn't what? be an excuse. You on just said sur- that. On the you surface of you just said that. On the surface of what I'm saying, you're not you're not listening to what I'm saying. Yes, the, I am. There has to be a le- if you're gonna say that every team plays, um, the every team in its division eight times, and then you make, and then you make an exception for you know that one game, and you, it could completely flip on its head, right? Say the Canadian say the Canadians aren't a really really competitive team this year. And you make that original six exception, and you're the Devils, and you're a really competitive team, and you... Let me let me finish. In this hypothetical situation that I'm trying to use to explain my point, say you take that one game away from the Devils, where the Devils were supposed to play the Bruins. Say the Devils are really, really competitive, and they think they had a chance to beat the Bruins. And instead of getting to play that eighth game against the Bruins, which could help them get a playoff spot, the Bruins had to go play a really shitty team like the Canadians, and the Bruins get that playoff spot over what the fuck that's not fair no they're not they're gonna be sitting there saying well we should have won more games that's a great way of hoping the devils look at it but the devils are yes they are because they're they're they don't think that way they don't think that way they're not going to place the blame on on a team that went to go play an easier team they're just not any good athlete would not do that any good athlete would not place the blame on another team playing a worse team. In a perfect any world. other any athlete would take any professional athlete, any respectable professional athlete would take the blame in the sense of well, we should have played better. And in if your playoff world. spot is really that much in the balance of one game where it could go to somebody else, do you really deserve that playoff spot? Well, then does the other team who gets into the playoffs deserve that playoff spot if they got it by a game? In a perfect world, yes, you're right. Everyone would have that mindset. It's a great mindset to have. I'm one of those people that agrees with you. But you also, but this, I'm not talking about players here. I'm talking about front offices, and you know, and and people like, and the people at the top who are going to be sitting there saying, "Well, what the hell? We just lost playoff revenue. We just lost, you know, revenue from getting to play playoff games and like that those TV like." All the money from TV viewership. We just lost that because the Bruins got to play a bullshit game against a shitty team like the Canadians. Meanwhile, we didn't get to play the Bruins that one last time. Again, this is as the Devils. And we missed the playoffs by one game because the Bruins got an easy way in. Because they got to play the Canadians instead of us. That's the situation. And that's why you can't do that. If you're going to have this... it's, It's almost so extreme that you play... That everyone plays you know every team in the division eight times and it, it's so mapped out to that extent it's almost insane to throw that one loop in there and say that this is okay this exception is okay when every every, every other team in the league has to abide by that system where you play everyone else in your division eight times it, it it just would cause way too much of a circus and that that's all I'm trying to say here is that it, it could cause some controversy down the stretch if that were to happen. It wouldn't. Players have a tremendous amount of respect. Players, coaches have a tremendous amount of respect for original six organizations. It would not. Whenever somebody's playing an, or, an original six organization, the first thing they say is, yeah, I'm excited. You know, it's an original six organization, great organization, excited to play them. There's, in the hockey community, there's a tremendous amount respect and admiration for those original six they've been around for a hundred years 
for those organizations who have been around for 100 years. Teams considered it an honor to play those original six teams. Original six teams considered it an honor to pl- an honor to play other original six teams. It's not going to be that what you say it would be because of that tremendous amount of respect and admiration. They want to play other original six teams. Other 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 teams in the league won't care. They they, they I I don't think they won't. Because I, the first thing somebody says when they come to an organization like Boston or like the Rangers is that, you know, yeah, it's an original six team, very respectable organization. It's the first thing that they say when they're traded here or when they are first coming on here. The, first I, thing Artemi Panarin said two years ago. I'm just trying to ask if you understand the point I'm trying I to make. I understand here. the point you're trying to make and I'm trying to explain as to why that wouldn't happen. Because if it was, okay, let's, let's take this. The Red Wings suck. Yes. Detroit Red, Red Wings might be the worst team in the league. They're an they were the six, worst team last year. They're an original six team, though. So say it was the Red Wings going to play on Lake Tahoe rather than the rather than the Flyers. And the Flyers and the Bruins and the Rangers are fighting for that fourth seed in the East for that playoff spot. And rather than the Bruins playing the Rangers for an eighth time or the Flyers for an eighth time, they got to go play freaking Detroit Wet Red okay, Wings but the way for that tiebreaker game at the bottom of the seating. And you would sit there as a Rangers fan and say, not, what the not, hell? They got to but play. It's, not, it's not the way that you think it is because remember, it goes by points, right? It goes by points and you're stacked by everybody else in your division. It doesn't matter that Detroit beat you. It doesn't mean that because you're Boston and Detroit beat you, you're not getting a playoff spot. You are getting a spot. Let me adjust this. Say the Bru- say the Bruins and the Rangers are tied on points for the fourth seed in the East at the end of the year, and on the la- very last game of the year, it doesn't have to be the last game of the year, but this is just for the purpose of me making my point, the Bruins got to play the Red Wings. The Rangers didn't get to play the Red Wings at all that year. The Red Wings are an automatic win for a team like the Rangers or a team like the Bruins. And on the very last day... they're an automatic win for the Rangers. That's a stretch. And on the very last game of the year, the Bruins got to play the Red Wings. <laughs> They get an easy two points on the road, and the Rangers had to play the Flyers for an eighth time, and they share a point. And then the Bruins get in by a point over the Rangers. Rangers should have won against the Flyers. But but do you understand? It's the Bruins not having to play the Flyers for an eighth time. Instead, they have to play. They get to play the Red Wings. You would be sitting there saying, just like, well, okay, that's well, a little screwed Ra- up. The Rangers would play the Red Wings, too. But But it can't work that way. But you're saying, okay, okay. No, 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 no. They would play them at some point in the season. Maybe you guys met them later on at the end of the season. But if they they did what I was talking about with the original six teams, then the Rangers would play them during the season, yes. Yeah, but that's exactly my point, because it would just throw the schedule that much for a loop. Then take, then say it's the Bruins against, or the Rangers against, a team that's not an original six team, and the Bruins or the Rangers got to play the Red Wings, and that other team had to play the Flyers for an eighth time. And because they're not an original six team, they got a harder schedule. Because they didn't get to play the Red Wings. Like, it's just... It it just... It just makes everything really, really, really difficult. It makes sense to hockey fans. Look, I, I would love for the original six teams to be able to play each other this year. But it just doesn't make sense from a scheduling standpoint. Because it would just... Allow it would just open these doors for teams to bitch and moan and just say, "Well, what they the hell?" They, got, they wouldn't bitch and moan. The players and the coaches wouldn't bitch and moan, but I guarantee you there'd be people in front offices saying, "Well, what the hell? We didn't get a chance to play the Red Wings this year. We didn't get those easy two points, and we missed the playoffs." But you realize not everybody plays everybody the same amount of times during a regular year, right? But in a season where everybody plays the same team in their division eight times, and there's such a level of consistency, throwing that one loop in there could just be like a snowball effect, and it, it could just. I understand in a regular season it's not like that, and you know that schedules vary obviously, and strength of schedule is different for everybody. But the way they've created the schedule this year is so consistent that if you throw that one loop in there and say the original six teams get to play each other, then other teams are just going to be like, well, what the hell? We have to abide by these rules where we have to play everyone in a division eight times. But these teams, because they're original six teams, they don't have to follow those rules. And the Bruins get an easy win against the Red Wings. Meanwhile, we're a team like the Devils, and we have to play everybody. In the Oh. 
Well, that is quintessential shorty podcast. Mike tries to make us. Mike, Mike tries to make a valid point, and then it's Jackie not a valid hits point. him with the moral with the moral high ground. <laughs> it is a valid point. Okay, I will give you that. It's a valid point, but do I think it would happen? No. I'll give you that. Can we end it at that? Valid point. Do I think that's what would end up happening? No. I agree with you from the standpoint that players are just going to... Because hockey players are a different breed, right? They would say, oh, yeah, we should have won that other game then. That that makes sense. But front offices, the business people, the people at the top, who it's not about hockey, it's more about green, it's more about money, who miss out on a playoff spot because of some bullshit like that and they lose out on TV revenue by their team getting to the playoffs, yeah, they're going to bitch and moan. They're going to have some complaints for the NHL. That that's where it gets tricky. It doesn't get, it doesn't get like you're not gonna have Artemi Panarin saying just like, oh yeah, that's so screwed up that the Bruins got to play the Red Wings. That's never gonna happen. Yeah, but it never would. In, but people in the front. That's office, why I watch this sport. But people in the front. Office, you're, you're okay. This is how I know I've won the the, the conversation because you're just coming out here with low blows and oh he doesn't watch hockey. That's how I, I know. No, I didn't say that. Said, I said that's why I watch this sport because they don't bitch and moan. We should play that back and say, that's why I watch this sport. I did not say you do not watch this sport. I said, this is why I watch this sport. I'm just saying, Look at you, getting all defensive. I'm just saying, front offices are different than the people that actually play the sport. The issue is I'm not aware. Gonna be, the issue is not going to be with the people that play the sport. The issue is going to be with the people who run the business of the sport. And those are the people that are going to take issues with scheduling a season like that. Um, that that's, that's really all I'm trying to say. On the basis of your argument, I agree with you. I think it would be great if the original six teams got to play each other. I agree with you that it shouldn't be that way and teams get to play. I, I agree that teams shouldn't bitch and moan about you know a team getting to play another team and getting an advantage over that. But I'm just saying that the people the people at the top, the people who really only care about the money and not the hockey, they are the people that are going to cause issues with something along those lines. But All right, are we moving on? We've been talking about this for 20 minutes. Sure, let's move on. All right, interesting question posed by the NHL the other day. Who will score the most points this season? Uh, they gave some examples. Would you like me to read them to you? Well, I could probably guess the examples. All right, guess the examples. Uh, so who's that dude? Except you have to guess, like, six dudes' names. Well, I can guarantee dry titles on there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Ovi's on there. Nope. Okay. It's just going to be centerman, so I'll say... Um, I don't know. Austin Matthews is probably on yep. there. Um, let's say... Um, is Crosby on there? Nope. Oh, Pat Kane? Yep. Alright, so I'm three for five with picks. Um, I'm going to say McDavid's probably on there, too. Yep. Okay, so... Ooh, we're four for six. I'm not, not bad. It's pretty good for myself. Um, Missing two. Well, they said, and you can name other players, but, like, these are the, uh, yeah. the six that they gave. I'm familiar with the graphics they make. And then there's one person always highlighted. Yeah. Well, I'm going to guess who's highlighted. That's going to be the end of the round. I'm okay. going to guess the one okay. person they've highlighted. All right, so who are the two? I, I do have to get these last two. Um, hmm. Jack Eichel's on there? Nope. Uh I'm trying to think of players that they just love. That they, that, they, that I'm just trying to think of those marketable marketable players that they always use. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm surprised Pat Kane's not on there. He is on there. I told oh, you. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, oh, I wonder if they put a Ranger on there. I that's, wonder. That's, that's, you know, New York's a big market. They probably did put a Ranger on there just because it's New York. Um, I'm gonna no. Th- in that case, I'm gonna say. Oh wait. Would they have put Mika? Would they have put, okay? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they put Panarin on there. Yeah, they did put Panarin. On there. <laughs> okay, there's one more. Panarin's a great player, not just because they're a big market team. He's an awesome player. Well, I understand that he probably is gonna finish top six in points, but I'm just saying that obviously they're gonna put a Ranger on there because New York's a big market team. But I don't have anyone from out west. There's probably someone out mm-hmm. west on this list. Easier than you think it is. Oh, is it that? Is it that obvious? Maybe it's obvious to me. It may not be obvious to you. Look, I've gotten five of them already. I'm letting right, you five, right, five, so five of eight. Give me so some credit here. Um, 
Do you want a team? I feel like you're doing well. You don't need a team. Come on. I already have two Edmonton players. Now, I understand that's Canada, but they're kind of Western. No, out west. Yeah, okay, so in the west. Okay. Um, we talked about this team before. Oh, it's Nathan McKinnon. Yes. Okay. Now, um, who's highlighted? Oh, well, well after <laughs> I've got to... Oh. <laughs> They love the cute baby face of Nathan McKinnon. It's gotta be McKinnon. Nope. Oh. Well, Dreisaitl will finish the league. Nope. Tops it. Oh. Well, that, that wasn't even a guess. That was just my <laughs> thought process. I was gonna say he finished tops in the league in points last year, so I was just gonna guess him. Um, then I'll guess Panarin. Nope. They don't even put the New York boy on the cover. Okay, um... Shit, I'm I'm losing this. <laughs> then is it Patrick Kane? Yes. I like Patrick Kane a lot. Yes. Patrick Kane's a, a legend on the NHL Instagram page. Yes, it was Patrick Kane. Shit, I I think I did well. For, I think I did pretty you did, well for myself there. You did there. pretty well. You did. All right. I'm so preparing the- for my hockey, my fantasy hockey draft. So, I, I need to be well versed in defensemen as well because defensemen points are doubled. So I, I need to know my defensemen. John Carlson, you're getting drafted. <laughs> um, all right, now last big question, I think, and then Oh, I already know what this it. is gonna be about. What do you think? What is my question? What do you think about the day they try? That is my question, actually. Yeah. You called you referred to him as big useless a couple of times? Well lucky for me, I did prepare for this question in the shower today. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been excuse well. Continue. Well, that's the honest truth. I was thinking. I was thinking about this. I was, I was preparing my little speech, my little monologue. Oh, okay, so I think then that's per- perfect way to end this episode is with your little monologue. So here's a love I- note. This episode can this please be called a love note to Zidane Ochara? I oh, think it, it's beautiful. far from a love note. I think. It's, can you please make a title of this episode? It's far oh, from a love. Note. A love note to Zidane Ochara. <laughs> So, Nano Char, thank you for all that you've done for the Bruins organization. But I'm really just going to put the Bruins on blast here for the way they've managed the situation. Here's what I think the Bruins should have done. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to go a little bit easy on them. Two years ago, the Bruins signed Dano Char to a two-year contract extension, and I was screaming internally. I was just like, "Why, why, why?" Anybody with a pair of eyes can tell that you know, he's just he doesn't have it anymore. His time is up. You know, it's really cool what he's doing. He's really old. He's a Bruins legend. You know, all that good stuff, but now we're in a situation here where he was... So so the Bruins cut him, and they said, Zdeno, we want to move in the direction of our younger talent, um, you, you know, all, all these really young defensemen that we have coming up. We really just want to give them the opportunities that you would have been eating up. Um, and in my mind, when I first read that message, I said, oh, like Tori Krug? So this is why this is why it pisses me off that this should have really what happened a couple days ago should have happened two years ago before they signed into a contract extension and here's why if you don't sign into that two year contract extension and you let him walk at that point you let him go into free agency because we all knew his time was up I used to call him big useless because for the past two three years he has been a really really bad hockey player for the Boston Bruins. I shouldn't say really, really bad. He he just has not been good, and you know he, he he's hurt the team in more ways than he has helped the team. So two years ago, rather than sign him to a contract extension, I don't have the numbers exactly, but if you don't sign him to that contract extension, then maybe that opens up avenues to re-signing Tory Krug. Um, and really, the this the issue right now is I I really hope this Tory Krug situation where we allow him to walk. Obviously, we couldn't pay him. But I really hope it just doesn't turn into, you know, one one of those Tyler Sagan deals, where we had to trade him away between before signing him to a big contract and we got absolutely nothing in return. I really hope that we didn't sacrifice Tory Krug's future with the Bruins for an extra two years of Zdeno Char. And it's right now it looks like that's what it's panning out to be. Also, if you don't re-sign Zdeno Char two years ago, then you give him an opportunity to sort of go on a farewell tour. Um, obviously, it's really, really rough to watch the Dano Chara leave in the middle of a pandemic where he can't have a proper send-off in Boston because he's a Boston Bruins legend. Obviously, that goes without saying. And 14 he d- seasons. He doesn't really get that send-off he deserved. 
And it's not like he can even go back onto. This is probably going to be his last year in the NHL. I think we can agree to that. I I think so too. Um, he signed. Maybe for, not because of the situ- of the pandemic. Maybe he would play next year. But if if anything, I, next I would year love would be for it. him to sign a minimum contract for like less than five hundred thousand dollars, just so he can come back to the Garden and get a proper send off. Now the Capitals probably wouldn't waste that money on him just so he could get that proper send off at TD Bank North Garden, but. It's just really a shame that, all things considered, this is basically what happened with the way the Bruins handled the Zidane Chara situation. You get two years of a useless defenseman, and you're not able to re-sign a guy like Tori Krug. You tell him that we want to move in the direction of our younger talent. That younger talent doesn't really exist at the moment. That younger talent was Tori Krug, and he's gone now. So they've completely botched that situation. He doesn't get the send-off he deserves. And, you know, he just goes quietly into that good night in the middle of a pandemic. He's out of Boston. He's not here anymore. And the best he can get is a social media send-off with Bruins fans in the comments saying, thank you for your time, Zidane Char. He doesn't get what he well, deserves. that's what happened with Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, and that's a shame as well. But, you know, that that's, you know... Um, Henrik Lundqvist, obviously a Rangers legend. Zidane Char, obviously a Boston Bruins legend. This is different. Henry is the king. Zidane Char. I mean, no. Char- why are you trying to do this? I'm sorry. <laughs> Continue. What are, you, what are you trying to prove here? I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm just trying to get it. My heart was ripped out of my chest multiple times, and I cried for two days, but continue. For as long as I've known the Bruins, I've known Zidane Ochar, and it obviously hurts to see him go like this, especially when he signs for less than a million dollars. At that point, I would have said, screw it, just resign him. Um, to see him sign for such little money, I would have said, like, really? What are we really saving by not paying him that, what was it? Like nine hundred thousand dollars, he got like eight hundred fifty. He got like eight fifty, right? Yeah. Something like that. Real, really, wh- who aren't we going to be able to sign with that eight hundred fifty dollars? What are we really saving by not spending that money on him, um, to keep him in Boston? So I, at first, when the Bruins let him go, I was like, "This is long overdue, but it needed to happen." And then when I saw him sign with the Capitals for that contract, I was just thinking, "Well, what the hell? Why, why didn't we just sign him for that kind of money?" I wouldn't have been upset if the Bruins re-signed him for another year with that type of contract, because that's really just like, you know, that's a team-friendly contract for the Capitals, and Char didn't have to sign something like that. He could have got, he could have absolutely gotten more money just because of the person that he is and his name and his legacy, but at that point when I saw that number and I saw that contract, I was just like, okay, I know I kind of wanted him gone, but if we really could have cut down on ice time and paid him a minimal contract... He could have mentored some younger guys coming up. He could have mentored the younger talent, and we would have been saving money in the process, and we wouldn't have been losing out on signing any like free agents or spending money on any of our younger prospects. So I think the Bruins completely botched this entire Zidane Char situation, as we all knew they would. But um, it's just really at the end of the day, it, you know, you talk about money and you talk about younger talent, but Bruin lost the Bruins lost a legend, and you know it's always a sad day. Um, when something like that happens to a city and you know I could bitch and moan about the way he plays or the contract that he got with the Capitals or the younger guys that we let walk so that we could sign him for an extra two years like you did but what this is really all about is just that it's really really tough seeing a guy that we've watched for 14 years and as long as I've known the team walk in a situation that really should have been handled better by management and um that's my farewell note to Zane, to Dano Chara. He deserved better. Your love note. And he, uh, you know, it's really, really a sad day. But he deserved a lot better from the organization. And um, sadly, as a fan and an onlooker, I there's nothing I can do about it. All I can do is go on a podcast and bitch and moan about the way the situation was handled. I will not talk about Henrik Lundqvist because I'll start crying right now. But almost the same thing. Not really the same thing because, like... He was really, really good up until just last year. Um, And he will not be playing this year, which is very sad. But same thing I I just talked about with my friends. Like, going to his last game, I said, I'll come home from college. I don't really care. I'll sit on the bus for eight hours to watch his last game. And now he didn't get a last game. Uh, Because I thought he was going to be a Ranger up until retirement. Because that is what he said last year. But they really want to focus on their younger goalie. I think Shesterkin, their third string guy, played way too well, which is good. I love him. I think he's he's going to be a great addition to the team. But I think their young talent was just too good 
to offer him the money that he wanted. So, like, I, like it's the same thing. I, I'm very sad that he will not get a send-off at home where he played for his entire career up until now. Very sad stuff. So we're going to end it on really sad stuff, right? That's what we're going to do? Makes sense. Yeah. It's a sad time. Yeah. But hockey's coming back. So that's a happy time. Uh, I am just four days away from a fantasy hockey draft, so the next time we see you, I will have a team assembled, and uh. we'll talk about that. But um, you know, hockey is on the horizon, so that's something to be very, very joyful about. And um, by then, we'll have more news to report for you. And uh, So uh, take care, everyone. Yeah, like you said, can't wait for it. January 13th. Mark in your calendars, everyone. Cause in the echo of your silence Girl, you're texting when I look away